and welcome to another episode of the New York City K-Pop Queens. I'm your co-host Charity. And I'm your co-host Emily. This week we have a lot to get into. Most importantly, Shiny's back. Yes. Shiny is back. Yay. So, so excited to talk about Shiny's new release, their comeback since three of the guys came back from military service. Also, our maknae from Monster X, I Am, has his first release. Our boys got seven, have a single that just came out. We'll get into that. We'll get into them actually being on a new label now. So much to get into there. BTS Unplugged was this week. Kingdom started happening. SKZ Code, Wayvision, Emily has a news for you as always, our songs of the week. Emily, are you ready to get into this? So ready. It's a loaded week. It's been a great week in K-pop, which is always our preference. Give us some stuff to review and lots to talk about. It's rare that it's not a week like that, to be honest, yeah, yeah. but... To be able to review Shiny is really, really cool. This is our 40th episode, by the way. 40 episodes. My goodness. And we haven't gotten a chance to talk about Shiny. So I'm looking forward to talking about those guys. There's just a lot of good stuff to get into. I think I'm still on a high from that BTS MTV Unplugged last night. That was... Oh my goodness, right? Oh, wow. So great. I can't wait to talk about that. Really, really, really cool week. A lot to get into. But first, welcome new listeners. If this is your first time listening to the New York City K-Pop Queens podcast, we're so happy to have you. Welcome. Join the queendom. The queendom is how we lovingly refer to our community of listeners. Happy to have you. Give us a follow. Instagram and Twitter, NYC K-Pop Queens. Give us a follow. We'll follow you back. Slide into the DMs. We're here to create a community. We want to be friends. So please reach out. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you have any suggestions or K-pop groups you'd like us to review, that's where to do it. Follow us on Twitter, NYC K-pop Queens. Slide into those DMs. Another thing that happens when you follow us on Twitter, we have poll questions that come up throughout the week. So during our episodes, sometimes Charity and I don't always agree on everything and we will turn to the queendom to settle the debate. Plus, we just like to know your opinions on stuff. So that's a really great way for all of us to communicate and kind of see the pulse of the queendom. This week's poll results are going to show up throughout the episode. They're questions that kind of pertained to things we're discussing later in the episode. So I have poll results for you all, but not till later. Speaking of all of our listeners and queendom, huge shout out to our listeners in Paris, France, and really all of our listeners in France. We love you so, so much. Paris and the surrounding areas and suburbs really showed up last week. We can see where everyone's listening from, and we're humbled by all of the support France is giving us. So thank you so much. Shout out to our queendom in Brazil. We see you. Colombia, Brussels, Belgium, Serbia, shout out El Salvador, Peru, Chile, Austria, Italy, Algeria, Netherlands. It's amazing to have this many people listening from around the world. And we're so, so grateful and very humbled. So thank you. Thank you for listening and welcoming us into your lives and your homes. Please say hi. We're excited to get to know you. Really grateful. And I think with that, Charity, we've got to start this show. We've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. My goodness. Okay. So 
I promise you this will be a fun, uplifting, amazing show, but we have to talk about something serious right off the bat. This episode is dedicated to Jung Hyun from Shiny. For those of you who don't know, he tragically lost his life a few years ago. It was really difficult for the K-pop community, for fans, for his members, for all of us. So we can't talk about Shiny without bringing him up and showing him some love. So we wanted to dedicate the episode to him. And we're not going to talk about it too much, but we wanted to give some resources. It's a tough subject, but a subject maybe we should talk about more and everyone should talk about more. So there's no shame in it. There's no shame. And I don't know anyone who hasn't been personally affected by suicide, whether it was losing someone they love or surviving attempts themselves. So let's have a conversation. It's okay. Sometimes it's tough to talk to family and friends. Sometimes it's tough when you feel like the people giving you advice don't understand you. And that's completely okay. That's why there's trained professionals. Mm -hmm. They can give really specific advice that no matter how well-meaning, your friends and family sometimes can't. So the Suicide Prevention Lifeline has a hotline number, 1-800-273-8255. You can call that anytime. It's free. It's anonymous. Very helpful. Sometimes you just need an outside party to listen. And again, they can give you really pointed things that in that moment will help you. Let's say you don't want to call. You don't want your parents to hear you on the phone. You don't want your roommate to hear you, or you just don't want to talk to anyone. I get it. That's relatable. And there's an amazing organization called Crisis Text Line. You can text them home, H-O-M-E, to 741-741, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's free mental health crisis counseling. No one has to know. And... I personally think that's amazing because sometimes it would be so nice to text. There's something about having to talk to a stranger or talk to somebody. It just feels so overwhelming. The last thing when I'm in a really dark place I want to do, honestly, is talk to somebody. And I think a lot of times people give that advice, talk to a professional and you just want to say, F you, I don't want to talk to anyone. (laughs) Nobody gets it. This text crisis line is amazing for that. You don't have to talk to anyone. Your parents don't have to know what's going on. Nobody has to know what's going on, but you and a trained counselor. So we're going to post these links in the description of the podcast you're listening to right now. They'll also be on our social media. Charity and I donated in memory of Junghyun from Shiny to the crisis text line. We'll go ahead and post the link on our social media. If you want to get involved, learn more about the organization or donate. It's a really great cause and... We wanted to celebrate his life and also help as many people as possible with this subject matter. So again, we're not going to talk about it too much. Did I go through it okay, Charity? Is there anything you need to add? Okay. No one should ever feel alone. There's resources out there. It breaks my heart that he felt that he had no one to talk to. And he was such an amazing talent. I've talked about him so many times and I love his work. It just breaks my heart that we're going to have this conversation and he won't be in it directly in the album. But yeah, we just wanted to definitely talk about it. It's not fun, but it happened. Yeah, it's reality. And it's a sad reality a lot of people face. And I think the stigma around it keeps people from talking about it and keeps people from saying, hey, I attempted and I'm still here and it sucked. There's no stigma around it. It's okay. Everyone in your life may not understand. That's okay. There's people that do. So 
please use these resources if you need help and get involved. You know, I think the nicest thing we can do maybe in his memory is talk about it, volunteer, donate. Let's do something positive from something dark as much as we can. And let's celebrate Shiny. This episode, again, we don't want to bring it down too much. We're here to celebrate this comeback because the four remaining members are back together and have released an amazing album. That in and of itself would be very difficult without one of your main vocalists. And they came together and just killed it. Charity, are we ready to talk about it? I'm so ready. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, so Shiny released a brand new album. It's called Don't Call Me, the seventh album. And the single, the first single and music video is also titled Don't Call Me. Charity. (laughs) My goodness. My goodness. Give us your thoughts. Okay. I freaking loved it. I mean, shocker. I thought it was <laughs> such a great album. We'll get into my favorite songs later and your favorite songs later. Mm-hmm. But I thought Don't Call Me was such a, such a good, shiny song. It's hip hop. It's dance. The outfits they wore were a little extravagant, which were kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also, I have to say my, my kind of favorite part of the song is at the end of the bridge, the piano comes in and you're not Mm -hmm. really expecting it. Thought that was so cool. But mostly I just love their voices so freaking much. It just makes me so happy to hear them sing. Like they are the epitome of like an R&B group and I freaking love it. Yeah. No, all true. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have a little bit of a different feel for this. So (laughs) we're going to get into the album, which I really enjoyed. I like the song more than the music video. I'm going to say that first. I thought the song, it's very current. And yeah. part of it for me, it felt like a fourth generation song or an NCT song. It felt mm-hmm. like something that NCT would do, which isn't a good or bad thing. I'm just kind of pointing it out when I heard it. That's what I thought. Like, uh, this sounds like a song that was made for NCT. It's not necessarily the sound I would attribute to Shiny. It's not bad and it's definitely grown on me, but there's a few songs on the album I just absolutely love and I would have maybe made those the single. Mm -hmm. The music video, okay. It looks like the stylist. (laughs) And you guys, and we know they're on SM. If you've listened to the podcast previously, you know I hated the styling for Kai's mm video. I hated it. This looks like the same stylist just did the same thing. I hate it. I absolutely hate the styling. I'm sorry, but do-rags with cowboy hats on K-pop groups is not the move. It's not cute. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. I love bandana. I love that white bandana. Charity. <laughs> First thing I wrote down, oh my God, I love his bandana. <laughs> no. And when Minho walked out hated with it. his shirt off with that hat on, I was like, oh my goodness, Hello. <laughs> Minho looks great and he's so handsome. But again, we just saw Kai do it. We saw Kai with a cowboy hat with his shirt off. I'm fine with that. But I feel like with the concept teasers and pictures and images we got, this doesn't match any of it. And like, what is this? This was not, it just feels so disjointed from the marketing behind the rest of the release that I was like, what is this? I was a little bit, I'm not going to say disappointed because I like the album and I think they did a great job. But the combination of the song and the music video just threw me off. It wasn't what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. 
and, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying oh, yeah, I'm trying yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Yo, we all artists, man. We go you feel me? We gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. This shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit seriously. The only thing that I really was just like, what is this? <laughs> man, why did they have feathers on Key's head? Like, what was that? I'm telling you, that was a look. That was different. Charity is being so nice, y'all. Like, <laughs> I do because I just love them so much. So it's hard but here's for me to the like, tea. separate. Here's the it's tea. hard for me okay, to separate. Yeah. Here's the tea on me and Charity. I will look at the person I love more than anything. I will look at Bacon and be like, this was a miss. It's not a good look or the sound didn't work. Charity is like, I love them so much. It's totally fine. And I'm like, yeah. But he has feathers on his head. Like, it's time for the honesty police to come in. The styling for this video was bad it was bad Um, like it's not even like oh that one outfit was bad no (laughs) the whole thing from beginning to end i'm like oh thank goodness a costume change it got worse (laughs) it got worse i was like none of the costumes kind of went together but i was like you know what let me just enjoy it let me just let me just go like this is shiny and this is their comeback and you had those beautiful kind of bright Truman Show type teasers you had real visuals that would have been phenomenal and this is what you went with SM come on like SM usually I don't disagree with their styling normally but I was getting flashbacks to Kai and I was like (laughs) no why are you doing this to them it's shiny why are you sabotaging them so there's clearly a saboteur in the styling department (laughs) there is a saboteur we will find you we know you're listening we're odd to you you are not going to do uh, shiny like that on their triumphant comeback. No. Anyways, I digress. I'm being honest. I really did like Taman's bandana. I really did. Charity, <laughs> what is there to like about that? I thought he looked so sexy. With that makeup, the earrings, and the chunky highlights. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was like, <sighs> this was a nightmare, you guys. But... <laughs> I'm being hard, but the looks were really bad. I can't apologize. This stuff was bad. But the song has grown on me more and more. You know, I've listened to the album nonstop this week. And it is a good song. It's just not what I expected from them. Let's move on, though, (laughs) to the rest of the album. Because this was a full album. They gave us a lot of great content. So I'm interested to hear your takes, your favorite tracks, what stood out and why. Okay, my absolute favorite song on this entire album is Body Rhythm. Okay. That song, to me, is so good. It is like early 90s reggaeton. It kind of reminded mm-hmm. me a little bit of a slowed down version of Informer by Snow mixed with like, <laughs> no, really, like the beat. And Here Comes a Hot Stepper. Okay. It's very in the genre of those old school retro songs. 90s. Yeah, the 90s yes, reggaeton. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And the words, guys, just please go read the lyrics. I'm not going to say it on air. <laughs> just read the lyrics. I knew you'd like that song because the way it starts, Taman's voice, the way he yes. opens that song is oh really God. good. It's really, oh. really good. Taman always serves, but he's serving vocals. He makes he it sound so easy. Left and right. Oh my God. Yeah, I believe that. It's a good song. Yeah. Such a good song. <laughs> 
we talked about Mary You when they had their um, what was it that special they did a few yeah, weeks ago? Yeah, the comeback special kind yeah. of introducing oh their God. comeback. Yeah, I won't go into that because I talked about how much I loved it before, <laughs> but I will give it an honorable mention again. I really, really love that song. Okay. I thought Kind at the end of the album was so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God. Taman and Onu's voice that started that song, Melt My Heart, please. Yeah. Yeah. And then my other favorite song which made me think of you, and I bet you liked it too. Kiss Kiss? Yeah, love it. Yeah, I feel like it's the term that you coined, solid gold. To me, that's what it <laughs> sounded like. <laughs> it's that solid gold era. Those, yeah. Yes, I love... <laughs> Look at you. You know me so well. I That's on my list. I love the chorus, oh. the kind of ooh-ahs in the chorus, yes. that vo- the vocal harmonies. It makes me dance when I hear that song. It's just a happy- so good. Yeah. It's a feel-good song for sure. What other songs did you like? Um, I loved Code. And I think mm-hmm. Code is probably what I would have released as the first single. I thought it was really cool and slick, great mm-hmm. beat vocals. That song, Back to Back with I Really Want You, I Really Want You has such a brighter sound. I love the guitar riff. It's very like kind of pop perfection. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of like Shiny a little bit more. I think of there's something brighter to their sound to me. So I would have done one of those two as the first single. Love those songs. I loved Kiss Kiss. Attention is another kind of rhythmic, addictive hook. Love that hook. And kind. Kind is really beautiful. And what I liked about it, it's not totally clear. Like it leaves room for interpretation, Mm -hmm. right? It's like a song about the person or people who kind of pick them up when things were awful and being in it together. But there's a lot of interpretation that you can take from it. Mm -hmm. So I like that because I think we know what they've been through. Yeah. It could be very specific to them, but it's also something every listener can get something from. It's not so specific that we're left out because we weren't in that exact situation. Mm -hmm. And that's like such an art of songwriting. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. And their vocals on the whole album killed. They slayed the vocals. Shiny. They can sing. Vocal kings, all of them. They really are. They can sing. I thought it was a great album. Congratulations to them. This is a really nice comeback. And just congratulations for coming back, for getting back together and putting out amazing songs and amazing content. Yeah, I'm into it. Let's talk about biases, by the way. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. (laughs) I think we all know who your bias is because you talk about him like 24-7 on the podcast. (laughs) Besides Shonu from Monster X, Charity mentions this man a lot. She already talked about how she loved the chunky highlights and bandana. (laughs) Taman is your bias. Am I right, Charity? Yes, Taman is is my bias. I love him. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. I definitely talk about him as much as I talk about Shonu. You do. You do. Okay. (laughs) What Um, about your bias wrecker? Who's your wrecker? My wrecker would be key. For sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I am going to try to play the game of Charity Names Everyone But Emily's Bias game. (laughs) There's only four, and it's not Taman. You know it's not Taman, and there's only four. It's not (laughs) Taman. I think Minho is your bias. (gasps) You got it. (gasps) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And is Key your record? Yes, Key's my record. Oh my God, yes. Look at Charity. Okay. Look at me. Charity's hitting home run after home run tonight. 
guessing my favorite song, my bias. <laughs> That's amazing. It, For those of you who maybe haven't listened before or not that long, I always tease Charity because she guesses my bias wrong, <laughs> like time after time after time. <laughs> no, you're right. I love uh, Minho. He's always been my bias and shiny. I love him. And yeah, Key, we both have the same record. Look at us. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Hey. I want to hear our men. I want to hear yes. Shiny. Let's play a clip of Don't Call Me by Shiny. so happy to hear them sing like they have the most insane harmonies I feel yeah they've got great ones and it is a really catchy song like yeah don't call me I mean it stays in your head it's a super catchy song yeah good comeback we're talking about shiny this week we had to do a shiny quiz it's our favorite part of the show charity are you ready for (gasps) quiz time time. (laughs) I'm ready Beautiful. This week's quiz is a shiny quiz. It's answer eight questions to find out which shiny song you need to listen to right now. Yeah. It's kind of a fun playlist type of quiz. We mentioned playlists quite a bit on here. For all of you listening, the link to this BuzzFeed quiz is posted in the description of the podcast, or you can check it out. We'll be posting and sharing it on Twitter, NYC K-Pop Queens. Please play along with us. Let us know what you get. It's so fun. Charity, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Question number one. What would be your ideal first date? An evening at an amusement park? A day trip to the beach? A candlelit dinner? Watching cheesy romantic comedies at home? Attending a local concert? A picnic at the park? A game of mini golf? Or brunch at your favorite cafe? I think an evening at an amusement park would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I'm going to say attending a local concert. What is your zodiac sign, Emily? I think we all know this, but in case people don't. (laughs) My zodiac sign is Sagittarius. And I am a Cancer. Okay. Pick a third gen K-pop boy group. BTS. GOT7. XO. NCT, 17, Monster X, Icon, and Astro. Monster X. I'm going with BTS tonight. Okay. What about your favorite Korean girl group? Dreamcatcher, Cosmic Girls, Blackpink, Girls' Generation, EXID, Luna, Red Velvet, or Twice? I'm going to go with Red Velvet. I'm going to go with Twice. Right. How would you describe your personal style? Minimalistic, neutral colors only. Whatever is comfy. 
soft pink aesthetic. I prefer a 90s retro look. I'm very inspired by Korean fashion, emo goth concept. A balanced, chic, and sultry look is the way to go. Or every day is something new. I'm very experimental. These days is whatever is comfy. (laughs) I'm going to say minimalistic, neutral colors only. Pick your favorite dessert. Ice cream, s'mores, freshly baked cookies, cheesecake, anything with chocolate. I prefer fruit, tiramisu, or a classic milk tea with boba. Uh, Tiramisu. Going with ice cream. Okay. What letter does your name start with? This one's pretty self-explanatory. You click the letter that your name starts with. (laughs) My name is Emily. My name starts with E. I got to pick a C. (laughs) When did you get into K-pop? Before 2008, 2008 to 2010, 2011 to 2012, 2013 to 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, (laughs) or 2019 to 2020? I like how they broke up some of them and then the others were just the year. Very, very important years. So weird. (laughs) I really got into it hardcore 2017. I was introduced to it in 2017 by you, but I would say my hardcore jump was 2018. Okay. What song did you get? I got Spoiler. What did you get? Spoiler. I got Prism. Ooh. Awesome. I like that song. Very fun. Everyone, please play along with us. Let us know what song you got in the replies on our Twitter feed. We'll go ahead and post the quiz, and these songs will be added to our weekly playlist, which is also linked in the description. I finally figured out how to do it. Um, So you don't have to search to find us. Just click on the link, and a playlist of all the songs we mention during the podcast is right there, easy to find. All right, Charity, time to move on from our voice shiny, a totally different vibe. We're going to talk about I Am from Monsta X. He released his first highly anticipated solo project. It's a mini album called Duality. (laughs) I hear Freddie's barking. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. That's my dog barking. If he doesn't get, (laughs) if Freddie doesn't get attention 24-7, he barks at me. If I wasn't recording, he would be sleeping or ignoring me, but he sees I'm doing this and he likes to make his presence known. So if you hear this little bark, Uh, it's my Pomeranian Freddy. He's saying hi to everyone. (laughs) Apologies, but back to the music. Album's called Duality. The single is called Goddamn. Ooh, already he's getting spicy. I know. Uh, (laughs) What did you think of the song and the music video? Oh my goodness. First off, I'm so proud of him for putting out something that wasn't just rap because I feel like most people and myself included expected a full on rap album, like a mixtape. I was blown away that he sang and rapped in it. I love that. I love that he sang a lot in it. Like his singing is so sexy. I think he has such a sexy low voice. Mm -hmm. Props to that. I thought the song was very seductive, very sexy sounding. The video was rated 19, which already I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. All right. Grown up stuff. Thank you. Thank you. We're not going to have any glitter and bubble gum and pastels (laughs) here. No. No, 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 no. This is a different vibe. It was very mature. Stuff in the video that you do not see in K-pop videos, except for maybe like a J-Park. 
Yeah, which would be like KR&B and K-hip-hop. Yeah. This felt like a K-R&B, yeah. K-hip-hop release. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I loved, loved, loved. I loved all the grown-upness. Yeah, he definitely. And he transitioned, I think, pretty seamlessly. You talked about kind of the singing this song, as well as the, I'll get into more specifics when we talk about the other four songs on the EP, but he, it's very current. It's like what Drake does. I mm-hmm. don't look at Drake as a rapper rapper. He's not. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of kind of auto-tune singing mixed in with some with some verses. Really current, really smart. I think he played to his strengths and mm-hmm. what I wanted to hear from him. I love the song. I thought the music video was stunning like whoa it's very dark he really sets the tone of like this thing is toxic and not good for me but i like it and i liked the combination of seeing him in bed with a woman and Mm -hmm. seeing maybe a toxic relationship a sexually charged relationship but also the substances the night at the club when he kept holding that oxygen mask which who knows if there was oxygen in there or something else Mm mm-hmm There's the image of him blowing smoke at the club. There's a lot of drinking and stumbling, passed out on the floor, stumbling, blurry vision. He set the tone of a reckless person surrounded by this stuff. So I thought it was really, it was dark. It was sexy and dangerous. It felt like, ooh, this is kind of scary. Ooh, but in a good way, if that's possible. Like it was really weird. I liked it. And I thought he looked the best he's ever looked. I mean, he really has grown up and looks phenomenal. So this was impressive. And I will say like the Twitter timelines, everyone was flipping out about this, not just Monster X fans. And I think it's because the imagery was so different, really different. So yeah, I'm feeling it. I was very impressed that he kind of went against the grain, which didn't surprise me knowing his personality. Of course he would. Not at all. Not at all. He said that they gave him a lot of freedom when it came to recording this. He wrote every single song. Mm-hmm. So he was in the studio writing, recording, mixing, and producing, and he just handed the finished product to them and they didn't change a thing. That's amazing. Shout out to Starship because that shows how much trust they had in him and to let him do a project that maybe kind of straddles the lines with some mm-hmm. adult content. I would say this is like a K R and B K hip hop release. This isn't yeah. really a K pop release. No, yeah. It's really very well done and impressive for the first one. Were there any other songs that stood out to you? I just want to say the whole album I felt was such a collective of no song sounded out of place. Like you could leave it on and it's kind of a vibe. Totally. It's so cohesive. It's the opposite of what we talked about last week when I was saying like, this is just kind of all over the place. It's like there were a lot of things going on with the release last week that kind of took me out of it a little bit. This just flowed. Every song flowed seamlessly into the next. It was definitely like an entire piece that I would listen to this front to back. Kind of like how Nam June did mono. Everything kind of goes together. Yes. You know, I like stuff like that. Um, It reminds me of one of my favorite artists, another R&B artist, uh, Maxwell. Whenever he would have an album, it would definitely be beginning to end. It would be this kind of chill vibe. And I got a sense of that kind of sexy, chill vibe from I Am. And I just Mm -hmm. freaking loved it so much. I liked that he did Howlin' all in English. I thought that was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. 
And I really like Flowered, which was another kind of seductive, sexy sounding song. I mean, the whole album was sexy sounding, let's be real. Mm -hmm. I just, I am very proud of him. I thought he did a great job. It was definitely stuff I love to listen to. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the whole album, yeah, again, it's very cohesive. The songs flow into each other. It's really Mm -hmm. the whole thing you listen to. It's a vibe. It's right there. I love Happy to Die. I love that feeling of being so happy and complete that you take mm-hmm. a moment and realize you could die right now and it'd be okay because life is so good. Yeah. Really love those lyrics and the sound was very cool. I also loved Flowered. It's a breakup song and it's yeah. like, I am as cool, but he gets into his feelings on this one. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what makes somebody, a guy, a lot cooler. So it was such a nice ending piece. It sounds like a song that would be featured on an episode of Insecure, that television show. Mm -hmm. I love that show because like the soundtrack is so amazing and so crucial, I think, to the storytelling. So of course I'm a fan. And this sounds like something that would be featured on that show. He's so on point and current. Yeah. Great, great job I am. Really, really great. And I don't think, again, it's maybe not for everyone. It's a different type of project, different sound. Mm -hmm. It's not very k poppy To me, it's a lot more Western. It's Post Malone, Drake vibes all day. Very Western, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's who he is, and that's the lane that he fits into. And instead mm-hmm. of fighting it, he dove right in. Yeah. Great debut. It's clear who he is as an artist, which I love. Again, mm-hmm. not trying to compare, but we compared kind of a debut from a solo act last week where she was trying a lot of different stuff. This one, to me, he knows who he is. Yeah. He's done the work. He knows who he is, what he wants to put out there, and put out a complete project, not a trial and error. And I personally just appreciate that a lot more, and that's what I want to listen to. It's great. I read an article where someone, they were asking why he wasn't doing like performances of it, and he said, I don't have a desire to perform alone. I just want to make the music I want to make and put it out there, but I don't want to perform alone. That's not my interest. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And you don't have to. And yeah, you mentioned RM and mono, which is really, really great solo release from RM from BTS. He didn't perform that. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. You don't have to. And I am has the luxury of being in a group as Mm -hmm. well. So it's different when you're an artist, you put your stuff out, but you don't want to perform. I think that does impact your bottom line and where your mm-hmm. career can go. I've talked about it before, but that's very much Zayn, Zayn Malik from One Direction. I think, you know, he's his own worst enemy because unfortunately he has some stuff that prevents him from performing. Mm-hmm. He puts out the music, that's it. But guess what? He can do that. Everyone yeah. can do that. Distribute your art however you want to. You don't owe anyone anything. I love that. I love that he's not heavily promoting it. He doesn't no. have to. And it performed really, really well on the charts. The music video has millions of views. Like, good music is good music. Yeah. So cool. Congratulations to I Am. I think we should listen to a clip. Yes, let's listen to it. This is Goddamn by I Am. I'm not sure what I'm doing Give me some direction I'm not sure, think I'm drunk Pour more God damn it, I like it Pretty good, can't be shaken, yeah I don't need, I need, I need, I need 
This song, oh my goodness, I love, love, love. Such a vibe. Such yeah. a vibe. Really cool. Yeah. And it's nice for us. I personally selfishly feel like this is nice because it's something that sounds different. Mm-hmm. We review so much and take in so much K-pop content. It's cool to get something that's a little bit different. So yeah, yeah, I dig it. Congratulations, I am. Let's move on to GOT7. So we've talked a lot about GOT7 the past month on this podcast because, you know, their contract with JYP wasn't renewed. There was a lot of drama around that. Each guy has kind of said what they're doing now, signed with different labels. They're all going in different solo directions, but kept saying, we're going to stay together. Charity and I said, that's a nice thought, but that's very difficult. Maybe in a year, they'll get back together and do something. Well, apparently they listened to the podcast and they wanted to show (laughs) us. Wrong, wrong. Because they released something last week. Out of the blue, God7 released a single and music video for a song called Encore. And it's on Warner. It's not on JYP. So they figured out a way to release it with a different label. Genius. And how cool and exciting is that? That's like, I wasn't expecting that. Right? I was so surprised. I'm like, you know what? This is the time I'll happily eat my words because it gives me got seven. The reason why we were saying that we didn't see how this would happen was just how petty JYP was being with like the following, the unfollowing of people on social media before anything broke. I didn't foresee how they would be able to keep the name and stay together. I didn't see how that would be possible. So I don't know if maybe that wasn't in the contract because I know a lot of times it is. So maybe considering how generous he was with the international contract that he gave them, which is why everything blew up and why they left, why he didn't renew them. Maybe he didn't have it in the contract. I'm sure it probably is now in contracts, but maybe because of when they were formed, it wasn't. But I'm glad that we were wrong. I'm glad that they found a way to do it. They're going to have music. They're going to keep the name that they rightly deserve, that they built. So I'm very happy. Maybe Warner bought the name. You know, there could have been a buyout that we don't know about. There's something that happened there that, yeah, who cares? The end result is we get got seven. I will Mm -hmm. say, though, the song and the music video – It wasn't like a comeback. To me, this was a very kind of bittersweet goodbye. Goodbye for now. Clearly, they want to continue doing stuff together. But I felt like it was much more of a celebration of everything they had accomplished Mm -hmm. and kind of the encore at a concert. It's the last song. So this felt that way to me. Not trying to be negative, everyone, but I still am like, we'll see. I think it's going to be a while before anything huge comes from GOT7. They recorded this before they all went their separate ways. What did you think of the music video? I thought it was cute. I like when you'd see behind the scenes kind of stuff, you know, when they're Mm -hmm. just kind of hanging out, eating, recording, talking, laughing, hugging, like that kind of just natural interaction. And it's perfect for this kind of song and video. Yeah. The camaraderie. I really liked, I think you're right that it'll be a while before we get something, but I think that they were trying to show the fans that we have a way to stay together. So when we say we're going to stay together, we really mean it. I think that's why they did it. For sure. Oh, for sure. It was so smart. I mean, how cool. And what a brilliant way to roll it out and do it. Like, yeah, that was a shock and such a pleasant surprise. Really, really exciting. 
So congratulations to God seven for changing the game a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This is the first K-pop group that hasn't re-signed with their label that put something out this quickly together. So really, really cool. Job, Making guys. history. They continue yeah. to make history. Yeah, I like the song. I think it's cute. It's kind of that bittersweet, but still hopeful and happy, all rolled into one. Charity, should we play a clip of Encore by GOT7? Yes, I think we should. Everyone deserves it. Yes. <laughs> if you don't deserve it, we're giving it to you anyway. <laughs> Listen anyway. This is Encore by GOT7. All the good feels. Good feels for Agassi. I've never figured out how to pronounce the fandom name. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm proud to be one. So congratulations, Got7. You proved us wrong and we're happy. We're happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to BTS Unplugged. I mentioned it in the intro of the episode, but BTS performed on MTV last night. We record these episodes on Wednesday evening. So this was Tuesday if you're keeping track of days. So Unplugged on MTV is kind of a legendary series. The ones that come to mind for me are maybe like Nirvana, Mariah Mm -hmm. Carey. They would perform on this stage kind of in the round, surrounded by a small select group of fans. And it usually was acoustic performances, very intimate, very personal. They would tell stories about the songs in between. And they always did covers. So you got some really great, recordings of like Nirvana doing David Bowie or Mariah Carey doing I'll Be There by Jackson 5, kind of legendary stuff. They always released them as albums. I doubt that MTV is going to release this as a special album. But anyways, BTS did it. It was a really big deal. It's not like MTV has been doing unplugs for a long time now. They come back every once in a while, then go away. But they were back for one special night of BTS. We got five songs in a half hour, which is pretty good. I was really concerned when I saw it was only half hour with commercials. I was like, oh, right. (laughs) Oh, I was worried. But they actually uh, kept the commercials short and gave us a lot of amazing content. Let's talk about it, Charity. Let's talk about it. Like, so to me, traditionally unplugged is a little different. I mean, maybe it's kind of evolved, but it used to just be like you said, like acoustic very stripped down. Mm-hmm. This was not like that, but it was good. I mean, anytime I can see BTS perform, I will happily take it. I thought they looked amazing. I love yeah. the styling. Love, right? love, love. The outfits it. were so yeah. good. Like these outfits were so great. Visually, when it started, I wasn't super excited, although I love telepathy. Mm-hmm. I thought visually, it looked like they were in an arcade, it was very juvenile. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 
this isn't really, I'm like you, wasn't what I thought of as traditional unplugged. Yeah. Then, then we transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it took off when they went into blue and gray. Yeah. The set designer for that, I thought it was stunning. That room with the green and the flowers, the whole thing set the tone of that song perfectly. That's kind of visually what I see with that song. And they look phenomenal. They sounded so great. It was just such a wonderful showcase for who they are. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. I walked away from that. My heart was full. I loved the playlist and I thought the styling, they looked so great. Those gray suits when they came in from blue and gray, so ridiculously handsome. I loved the kind of heavy tweeds, the schoolboy blazers with the khaki tones. Mm -hmm. The white suits for dynamite were fun. The styling was fantastic. But my favorite part by far, and I was shocked that they did this. They stuck with the tradition and they did a cover song and they performed a beautiful rendition of Fix You by Coldplay. I already love that song. Like that song to me is already really personal and really moving. I mean, that's a, talk about a knockout. Like that song already gets me and to have them do it and they sounded phenomenal. It just broke me. I was in tears during that song. It was so powerful. It gave me goosebumps. And you could feel and hear the emotions and the sincerity. And then on top of that, the rap line starts singing and doing perfect harmonies. I died. Like, what is this? I know. (laughs) Nam June was so strong in those low notes with his Mm -hmm. harmonies. I was blown away. We know J-Hope can sing. Yeah. Give him the opportunity. You know he can do it and he's great. I thought he was specifically very strong when he sung with Tay. But Mm -hmm. Nam June's the one that blew me away just because we're not used to that. Suga sounded great. Wow. Did they all nail the harmonies on that song? I was shocked. It blew me away. What I love about BTS is the honesty in the performance, right? So like they don't have to put on a show to emotionally connect. It's just there. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was just there when Jimin came in. Oh my God. Oh Jimin. my God. Oh. It His broke voice. me. Oh. He was so tender and hurt. You could hear it. Yeah. It was like, ooh. And then you've got Jin over here hitting every note, high notes, going nuts. Obviously, Jungkook is perfection. Yeah, your man killed it. Yeah, Jungkook really showed up. I mean, yeah. he always does, but it was just so effortless and beautiful and clear. Mm-hmm. And then I loved Tay finishing it. You know, Tay has that special something that cuts through and it was so soft and delicate and beautiful. I was just absolutely blown away. I thought that was one of the best performances. And again, it just shocked me that they did that song. I can't believe they did it. I love that they stayed true to the original. There's one thing I hate more than anything. It's when you go to a concert and an artist does a cover of a song that you love And they do their version and completely ruin it. Yeah. I don't want to hear your version. I don't want to (laughs) hear your creative take on a song that's already great. Um, No, thank you. I have never once been like, oh, wow. I'm so glad they changed that so much. (laughs) Well, they really put their individual take on it. No, just (laughs) sing the song. Just sing the song. And BTS did that. They sang the song. And it was stunning. Another thing that really stands out to me throughout this whole thing 
BTS are arguably the best dancers in the world. Let's get mm-hmm. real. K-pop dancing is so difficult and it's amazing. And these groups do it effortlessly, but it's because they practice for years and years and years and they have such technique and work ethic. They're like the best dancers. They put on these amazing shows and concerts and, you know, big budget things. This was five songs of them sitting down. Yeah. And vocally, they knocked it out of the park. Like, they can sing. And we know that. And people listening, K-pop fans know that. But I think the average person looks at them as like, you know, probably lip syncing and doing fun Mm -hmm. dance routines. They look at them in the West like they look at other boy bands. This is not that boy band. They can sing. They're really, really talented singers. I thought they showed that off last night to perfection. I love them so much. (laughs) So much. I was very, very proud. Singing in a lower register is really hard to do in tune without going off key, male or female. It's very difficult. Very, very difficult. Obviously, like you said, everyone knows Hobie can sing. Hobie like kills it all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Nam June, we got to hear him sing on mono, which was great. But this was just another level of he has been working on this clearly. Yes. And even Suga, like, oh yes. my gosh. Just for them to hold their own in harmony while singing mm-hmm. with the vocal line, I was blown away. Amazing. And yeah. there weren't like studio tricks. You know, when no. you do kind of the rap singing, there's a lot of studio tricks that make you sound great. It sounded so live, you know, it sounded like they were in the room with you singing. So yeah, just amazing. And I loved when they were talking kind of in between, giving us the stories of the songs. Mm -hmm. I loved the whole thing. I thought it gives everyone a slice of who they are and why their fans are so passionate and why people love K-pop and love BTS. And another thing that came up for me when I was watching it, I was reminded that they they're friends. There's something mm-hmm. in their connection when you watch them perform together where it feels like they're enjoying what they're doing. They like doing this. They like singing and being together. I don't always get that from other K-pop groups. With BTS, I buy it that these seven guys are actually close and they like doing this together. Their enjoyment gives you like that permission to get up and dance during Dynamite mm-hmm. while they're just bopping yeah. along like yeah, I was sitting yeah. and doing the same thing. It's just such a happy pill. I'm so, so proud of them. And I have a feeling this is going to turn into what Carpool Karaoke turned into for BTS. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is so many people (laughs) watch that, not live, they watched it on YouTube and fell for BTS and started standing them afterwards. I think this Unplugged performance is going to do the same thing. Yeah. And the Coldplay song. Yeah, that one. The Coldplay song. Also, to give you some context, you can't just go in and say, we want to do this song. It has to be cleared by the artist. And Coldplay rarely clears that song. A lot of people have asked to do that song and they've been turned down. Google it, go on YouTube and find famous singers performing that. Not everyone gets to. So Coldplay cleared it for them. And what I love so much, they posted the video today on all of their social media channels with a really sweet message from the guys. Gives me such goosebumps. So it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. And they're going to get so many more fans from this. They opened up a lot of people's eyes to like, oh, wait a minute. These are likable, super talented guys. You know, it's not a cheesy boy band. This is a different deal. And how great the more people get to see it and experience it. Yeah. 
until ticket sales for concerts. I swear to God, they better let us keep our tickets, <sighs> Emily. I'm going to lose my mind. We work so hard. <laughs> I know. I, Literally, <laughs> the anxiety. The and think about, that was like years ago we got those tickets for this tour. So <gasps> this time, oh all the fans that they've picked up during quarantine, we've got millions of more to compete with to get BTS tickets. It's the Hunger Games for real. <laughs> better let us keep them. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, it, anyways. <laughs> yeah, way to go. Otherwise, really uh, happy for them. And again, I think it was just a wonderful, wonderful performance. It blew my expectations away. I kind of went yeah. in thinking, oh, this is going to be like all the other specials we've seen them do recently. And they're going to sing songs that we've heard them sing. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. They're going to do songs we've never seen them perform. They're going to do an amazing cover. It was just wonderful. Definitely a happy pill for me this week. So congratulations to BTS. Thank you for that amazing performance. Okay. Speaking of performances, like I said last week, Mnet just threw us a total surprise. Kingdom was supposed to start in April. It still technically is, but they did these like introduction performances, I guess, to hype everybody up. The introduction performances were this week. So we got to see all six groups perform. It wasn't clear to me, but I believe this was something that they had to put together in a day and they only filmed once. So you couldn't make a mistake. Like they only got to do it once, which, you know, it's a live performance. But on a lot of like Korean variety shows, the comeback specials, all of those weekly shows, the artists are there all day. They'll do the same song 40 times. So the cameramen and directors get all these different shots. Everyone says it's really grueling and exhausting. So this would be different for them. I think for like our American kind of shows, the acts perform once most of the time, depending on... Usually you don't get a second chance, even if it's pre-recorded. What you did is going on air. So Kingdom, it's following suit. We have to talk about it. I was so nervous for some reason. I was like really nervous for this. I know, me too. I'm really emotionally invested in Kingdom. <laughs> I know. I think his Stray Kids are in it and we love Stray Kids, but there was just something about like the competition starting now. Oh my God. Like, I don't know. I felt really nervous. They're definitely people that I'm afraid for oh oh my god no it just I watched it and I was like okay wow this is Stray Kids man you really got to freaking pull this out these people are out to beat you and they have a really good shot for those of you who aren't sure what we're talking about Kingdom's a reality show it's a show on Mnet these different male k-pop groups perform every week and they get eliminated it's based on a lot of different criteria not just fan votes so there's six different groups Stray Kids, The Boys, Icon, Atiz, BTOB, and SF9. So you have kind of different eras and different mm-hmm. styles. Oh my goodness. All of them showed up charity. Like yeah. I thought that each group really gave an amazing performance. Let's talk about it. Like Stray Kids, obviously, they knocked it out of the park. They come with so much intensity. And they came with like all black hair. I loved that version of Mira. I thought it was so cool, so dark, twisted, intense. Their tricks and their stunts were insane. The stuff that they did was physically was ridiculous. And my criticism of it would be there was so much going on. I feel like the camera didn't catch everything and do it justice. And the lighting was too dark for their set. It was so dark. It was too dark. I get that they wanted a dark 
stage and this really dark, intense thing. But I had to watch it twice to see the knives when they were holding knives in their teeth while dancing. Like that was crazy. Insane. They did so much with those knives. And unfortunately, with the camera movement and the lighting, we missed out on it. So not a critique of Stray Kids at all. They brought it. And I watched the performance, obviously, multiple times now. So I could see everything and really take it all in. But wow. (laughs) When your man did the backflip. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know he could do that. When did he become a gymnast? In what spare time? (laughs) He did that in a dance practice video years ago. He has been holding on to it. He has been holding on to it. He was doing stunts all over the place. Like he really. Oh my gosh. They were, they were attacking. Attacking. I love the sound, the sound of the knives. They added in the sound effects of it. Oh my God. So So cool. They're like, we're going to stab you all. Like, literally, that's how it felt. <laughs> Knives and a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. And like a million tricks. And oh. they didn't make a mistake that I could see. They were no. so synchronized and on point. Yeah. I thought they came in with the intensity from the mama performance. Like, this is ours. We're taking the crown. They were yeah. so good. But not so fast, Stray Kids. Because there's some <laughs> other groups that came in and said, what about us? Watch this. I thought the boys were super impressive. Yeah. There was a show that led to this. So there was a show called Road to Kingdom, and it was younger groups or maybe just groups that don't have the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. And they competed to have a chance to be on this stage, and the boys won. They beat really great competition, Golden Child, Pentagon. So you know that they're coming with something, but wow, was their performance good intense there's so many of them and they were so in sync and when they did that kind of ballet breakdown the modern dance yeah the modern dance but like the arms which doing kind of ballet arms is so difficult it's so difficult but it looks so effortless and for them to do that in such synchronization yeah I was blown away I was like oh my god like stray kids you need to step it up like these guys are insanely good i was for sure when i watched them because they were so good the boys were fantastic they came in they were very clean Mm -hmm. it was a very clean performance yeah and so synchronized i love that version of the stealer and they kind of brought everything too they brought stunts they were doing amazing beautiful stunts but also the modern dance they showed up to say like, you know, we're not the underdog because we had mm-hmm. to do Road to Kingdom to get here. We're contenders. I thought yeah. they were amazing. I'm just going down the list, kind of giving my opinions on each group. I thought for Icon, the opening choreography was really cool. It was a mm-hmm. great visual. I think that what was nice about them, they brought a different vibe, you know, like having different types of K-pop groups. K-pop's mm-hmm. not all the same thing, everyone. Some are more hip hop, some or maybe more kind of fourth generation. There's different sounds. Icon brought a different sound and a different energy to the stage. My only critique, some of those moves weren't as sharp and synchronized as a few other groups. They did a cool performance. Yeah. Just that opening was so, so neat and exciting. Yeah. It was really cool. I thought a tease the teams are so dramatic. They come so in dramatic. like, get ready. We're telling <laughs> big, dramatic, <sighs> crazy story. Like, and I mean that all good. They bring a story and intense drama, not just like a, this is an intense performance, 
They're drama. telling a story and there's yeah. drama here and we all are in on it. I thought Wu Young really attacked the dance. He stood mm-hmm. out to me. I liked that remix of Wave. I thought it was cool when Son like ran up behind them, kind of climbed to the top of them. Like, yeah. yeah. My only net critique on that, it would have been better if it was a little bit quicker. I felt like there was some hesitation. You could see him kind of climbing up. And other groups did like these running leaps and stunts where people were flying in the air. So it felt like they could have upped the drama with that ending stunt, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You could feel the effort behind it. Yes, that's it. Thank you. That's it. You could feel the effort. Whereas when you watched some of these other groups, the boys are in the air. Stray kids are doing these ridiculous stunts, jumping over each other and twisting to the floor. And it was so quick, you barely even noticed. You're like, oh, wow. Did that guy just do that? This one, yeah, it felt a little bit that moment. You could feel the effort. I thought their performance was great. I think, again, they bring something different to the table. There's such a comparison between Atiz and Stray Kids. You know, there's fan wars between those two. They're not the same group. They're not even close. I think they both bring something really different to the table. So there's room for both of these groups, not only on the kingdom stage, but in the K-pop world. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both of them. And I thought they killed it. I know. I'm so nervous. Oh my goodness. Because I'm just so invested. I know. What about BTOB? I liked the other groups. If I'm just being honest... To me, it's between a T, Stray Kids, and the boys. Okay. Just think they have the intensity. They have the vocals. They really want it. Like, the other groups were great. They did a good job. I didn't feel quite the same level of intenseness and difficulty that Mm -hmm. I did with those three. I thought BTOB was smart, though, because I think they realized maybe they can't compete yeah. To that degree, there's four yeah. of them. They're older. They're not going to do stunts flying through the air and knife yeah. tricks. So they came out in white. Like everything doesn't have to be dark and dramatic. Mm-hmm. They did a slower song that showed off their vocals and their harmonies. I think that was smart for them. I think they kind of stood out in a way because of that, mm-hmm. just visually, and because it was a slow song. So I think they're kind of playing to their strengths with starting that way. And I thought SF9... They are handsome as F. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Those suits (laughs) and those men walked out. I was like, wow, so handsome. My critique would be, it took them a second to really get into the performance. There was quite a bit of a lead up and then they lined up and kind of just stood there waiting for the music to kick. The other groups were never just standing around. There was a lot more movement with some of the ones we've talked about. So Mm -hmm. that's something they could work on for the next episode. But I thought it was really exciting. I loved watching it. You can watch these videos on YouTube, everybody. It's very accessible. The voting is a little tricky. You have to download an app and you vote for three groups, not just your favorite. I think I understand why they're doing that, but I still think there's a lot of strategy and a lot of things that are going to go into trying to sabotage other groups by voting for these groups. For sure, yeah. There's a lot of sabotage going on. There were a lot of... Rumors that came out about a couple specific groups yesterday. There's a lot going into this. It's clearly high stakes and very competitive. So, so invested. I'm invested and I'm also just enjoying it. Like, to be real, I don't care if my favorite group loses because, like, just seeing them do these stages, it's giving us amazing content. And it's like just further proving, like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is why I love them. That was amazing. 
I just want to see good performances and I'm excited about a lot of them. I thought it was a really nice way to kick it off. So we will talk about the results as soon as we get them. I don't know how this works. We're kind of learning how kingdom works (laughs) along with the rest of you. So yeah, amazing start. Amazing start. Speaking of Stray Kids, let's talk about Stray Kids reality show, SKZ Code. This week was the fourth episode and they did almost like a human monopoly. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of physical kind of challenges. There was a big game board on the ground that looked like Monopoly. And the guys split off into teams and had to do a few different things. It was a fun episode. I liked it way more than last week's quiz kind of episode because we got to see them interact and do different types of things. I thought those cat ear, like, what was that? That was so weird to me. So there's this thing where you put these cat ears on your head, and I guess it reads your pulse or something. So if you're excited or happy, the ears move. Yeah, I didn't get that either. I was like, whoa, what is this? I was nervous for them. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. Yeah, this episode, I liked it better than last week, but compared to the first two that were so much going on and made me laugh so much. This was kind of, this was fine. It was, you know. Yeah. Wasn't like blown away. Totally. Some of it was hit and miss, but I agree with you. I thought it was fine. Yeah. We'll keep on watching. We'll watch next week. I like it when you get a sense of their personality and their relationships with each other. Yeah. And sometimes the most simple things can bring that out, like riding sleds and all that stuff. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The in-studio games can get kind of tiring. And I think it would be hard to produce and direct those shows. You have to constantly come up with content and something different. So yeah, I get it. (laughs) But yeah, excited for next week. We'll see the conclusion to the game. Maybe there'll be more things that happen. Or maybe we're going to see cat ears again. Who knows? (laughs) Let's move on, though, to a reality show that I loved this week. So excited. Wayvision is back. Yes. The boys of Wavy are back. We reviewed every episode of Wayvision last year. We were big, big fans. Obviously, we enjoy Wavy. And there's something about when they do a reality show, they just stand above everyone. They're so funny and they come across really authentic. And yeah. just this is who they are. So this year they're doing like outdoor games, kind of like an Olympic thing. And we have two episodes to talk about. So I loved when they were just kind of talking about it before anything started. I think they were in their dorms and 10 was playing with Bella and you see oh, them holding. So cute. <laughs> it's just, you see them holding Louie and Leon, their cats, like the wavy animals have become important parts of the wavy story. Those guys post a lot with their pet companions like we all do. And I feel like we know the dogs and cats. Like, yeah, they're so cute and sweet. I loved that. Yeah. And then they went and ate and joked around. And we kind of learned a little bit more about what this season was going to be. And then they get there and it's like this frozen tundra. I was cold watching them. I felt yeah, like and it kept snowing and they didn't have their jackets zipped up. I was like, guys, zip up your jackets. Yang Yang did not have on gloves halfway through one of the physical challenges. He brought it up. Yeah, it was cold, but I thought it was really cool that they had like a special MC for the event. It was recognizable from a lot of the K-pop variety shows and things like that. So I thought that was really cool and smart. It kind of like upped the level of the, you know, series charity. They are so wild. Wild. so funny. 
The whole thing opens with them running with a torch, like an Olympic torch. And when they get to pass it to each other, they're hitting each other with snowballs as hard as they can. Like they're such just kind of funny boys where they hang out together. I love when they were doing a snowball fight and I don't know if was it Win-Win or Yang Yang ran up to Lucas and they thought they were going to throw a snowball at Lucas and Lucas turns around and has a snowball and they're like, no, 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 just kidding, just kidding. And they run away. It was Win-Win. It was Win-Win. It was so funny. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't want any of that smoke from Lucas. He's smart. But I thought the first challenge, they had to kind of sit on these little kind of like sleds and they had these wooden things in each hand and they had to push themselves forward, like, and go around a cone and back. That looked really hard. I think it's probably way harder than it looks. So it was funny to see who excelled at it and who sucked. I think it's kind of clear who the athletes are in Wavy. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, Lucas. Always Lucas. And always 10. Those two are competitive and they win everything. Hendry is also really athletic. He's a wild card. You don't know what you're getting from him, but I think he always kind of slides in under the radar as being like really good at physical challenges. Your man is not. Kuhn really struggled with that challenge. I I wouldn't call him the athletic one. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's fair to say. The coordination was a little off. Struggled a bit. He tried. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they all tried. They all tried. It was just hard. Oh, when they kept falling off of it, I just died laughing. It was pretty Oh funny. my goodness. It was funny. <laughs> well, I also love that they had to do like an oath at the beginning for sportsmanship because they always like cheat and they're so competitive. It was really yeah. funny that the producers put that in there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> These boys, they're so different, but it's really enjoyable to watch. It's on YouTube. It's free. Two new episodes every week. Waysion season two. So good. So good. If you want a good laugh, watch that. Always. Always. They're so funny. And this kind of seamlessly moves us into the news portion of the podcast. Wavy has a comeback coming, Charity. Yes. March 10th. Wavy has a comeback. And I believe the first single is called Kickback, which is really funny because NCT 127 around this time last year had a comeback with Kick It. And Wavy's just kicking it back. I'm going. Little ping pong match here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait for this. I think Wavy, they're so slept on. They're really talented. And what does it for me, they're just very, very likable. I feel like that's the way a lot of dudes act. They've come off very like normal guys in their early 20s hanging out together. I feel like you get a lot of genuine interactions from them. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about the camera being on them, if that makes sense. Yeah. They just seem very like relatable and likable. So I like them as a group. And that's where these reality shows and content like that is so important for these K-pop mm-hmm. groups because that's made me become a massive fan of all their music and just a huge supporter. Yeah, cannot wait for that. March is going to be so stacked. Like I can, so excited. I I don't know. Now we have reality shows to watch too. Just so much, so much. There's so much going on, and you know, a tease is coming for us. Like that, a tease comeback is going to be so cool. I'm really excited for it. A tease is just so different. They just bring like this really intense, intense, very intense, very. (laughs) 
They're so intense, so dramatic. <laughs> I get scared. I'm not gonna lie. And when they started that performance of Kingdom and it was that scary pirate ship again, I was like, can we not do this for once? I'm scared of the pirate ship. <laughs> oh. Like out of everyone that listens, a tease, please. I hope one of you is listening right now. I have had it with that scary pirate ship that floats in the sky. Please, like, I don't want to be scared when I watch your videos. I could take a lot of things, but for some reason, that pirate ship in the sky gave me nightmares, and I'm terrified. And of course, that's how they started their kingdom performance. Here's the pirate ship. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> creepy, creepy. I feel like I'm a little kid again, and I'm, like, scared of Freddy Krueger. It's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. So that's exciting. That's great news. Pentagon is also returning March 15th. So this will be the first comeback Ooh. since kind of standing them. We reviewed the last one. Love them. They'll have a different leader, of course, because who, I believe that's how you say it, he just enlisted. So Kino oh. has taken over leader duties. Obviously, great choice. Kino's super talented. But it'll be interesting to see what this is like without Hugh, because he's such a powerful vocalist and an amazing yeah. songwriter. So, like, really anticipating that one. Last week, we kind of reported the big hit UMG news live on air. That was coming out while we were recording, and we shared it with you, but we didn't really understand the dynamics of it. So we were wrong. They're not doing an American K-pop group. Thank God. Well, <laughs> they're doing a global pop group. So it's like... Semantics. Don't call it K-pop. That's fine. Just don't call it K-pop. Yeah. Don't ruin the name. But they're going to be doing the exact, I guarantee, choreography, styling, sound. It's going to be very generic and like, yeah. I still feel strongly about everything we said last week. I hate this move. Yeah, I don't like it. But as long as they're not going to drag in the K-pop genre to this. But they will, though. But they will. Just mm -hmm. calling it, of course they will, calling it a global group. Think about what the intro is going to be. It's going to show Bang PD from Big Hit, home of BTS. Like, it's going to be mentioned nonstop. So it's still the exact same thing. As long as they are not coining it the genre, this makes me a it's little, a little happier. Yeah. Because they're not saying this is going to be a K-pop group. Because yeah. then it wouldn't it be a K-pop group. It can't yeah. be. I still think just being associated with K-pop, yeah, no, I it's going to give people the wrong image of what this is and dilute your product. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan. I just yeah, am not glad they're not at least yeah. sabotaging completely sure. the brand. And language is important. So we wanted to make yeah. sure get that correction in here because it's not yeah. K-pop, it's global. I'm going to throw something else out there. You know, SM has created what people call global groups with groups like NCT because they have mm -hmm. members from all over. Those aren't yeah. just Korean. There's Japanese, there's Thai, American. I know they got a lot of shade for that. <laughs> so it's funny what fandoms use for wars and then when mm -hmm. their company or groups do it, it's fine. Then they have amnesia about it. Yes. And SM, whether you love them or hate them, really did create a lot of the things that every label incorporates in K-pop yeah. now. Like they did subunits. They were the first ones to show dance practice videos. So we want to give SM their flowers. Like we know the global <laughs> group concept originated in that vein mm -hmm. with their guys. So this is probably something different. I just thought, again, language matters. So a global pop group. Just call it a pop group. Yeah, just keep K-pop out of this. If you're going to do this, 
you're gonna do an american reality show just call it american idol version 5000 like there's yeah. five million of them already just just call it making the band making the band right that's what they should making do the band, take 50 like yeah <laughs> you went from lou perlman to diddy now you go to bang pd it's just making the yeah. band that's what they should making call the it band with bang pd with yeah <laughs> but the problem is you know to get back to that when they did making the band with lou perlman that made people look at groups like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys very negatively yep. and say, like, it was so easy for them. Oh, they only did this. And then all of a sudden they were on MTV. And, you know, for those groups, it wasn't the same formula for them when they were coming up. And they had to tour for years before anything happened for them. So, again, they're going to do this and make the process look very different from what trainees go through. And it does a disservice to all of the hours of work and dedication that our favorite K-pop groups have put in. We'll see. But yeah, all right, quick fix there. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was really interesting, speaking of a tease. So the most tweeted about artists in the United States for 2020. No surprise, BTS was number one. But you have to think, like, that's over Beyonce, that's over Taylor Swift, that's over The Weeknd, other really, really, really popular Western acts. BTS was mentioned more. But the number fifth act is what really surprised me. A tease was number five in the United States for mentions. Yes. Good. I'm happy. Yeah. Really surprising because again, it's not, there's a different thing with mentions, whether it was hashtagged or not, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. A tease doesn't always show up on all the social media things. Like I can't remember seeing them right behind BTS. I'm I'm probably wrong, but yeah, it just surprised me. I thought that's amazing. They have a really passionate fan base in the United States and just kind of speaks to what they're doing. And again, why this comeback is going to be massive. Now it's time for little gossip. Little gossip. gossip. Give us the tea, Emily. What's going on? All right. This broke last night while I was watching BTS Unplugged. I was like, what? Jenny from Blackpink. It's not Jenny's first what they call dating scandal. That's language that's used. We do not believe it's a scandal to be dating. No. no. But Dispatch, they reported yesterday that Jenny and G-Dragon from Big Ooh. Bang, G-Dragon, who is... K-pop royalty, he is the man everyone mentions as their role model. Jenny and G-Dragon are together. They're dating. Get it, Jenny, man. They're dating, and apparently they've been dating for a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny has good taste. Kai, now G-Dragon. All right, Jenny. I'll take your seconds any day. (laughs) (laughs) I like G-Dragon. I'm not like... I don't know. I don't know if he'd be on my list of biases, but I think he's really cool. I think he's, and this is like K-pop royalty with these two together. I think they're a great couple. I think they're really cute and it's a good match. Yeah. I thought that was like, wow, for the past year, Jenny's been in a relationship. Good for her. Yeah. Seriously. Congratulations to Jenny. I think that's amazing. And I hope that this becomes a normal thing where it's not a shocker. It's just Oh, yeah. they're together. Like how it is, you know, in a lot of uh, entertainment fields. Well, I won't. I mean, that's not no. the culture of K-pop and um, Korean media. Mm. It's very strategic when these announcements are released. Obviously, yeah. Dispatch has known this for a long time. There's a lot around it. And YG, they always choose not to comment on relationships. They just say, you know, we can't confirm or deny. But there's a lot of pictures of both of them coming and going from each other's place. 
throughout the past year. Big Bang, they were supposed to be at Coachella last year, and that didn't happen, obviously. And I've read rumors that they were going to have a comeback, so maybe that's what this is for. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, oh, YG is like, okay, you can release this now. We want some publicity. We're okay with everyone knowing. Yeah. This kind of sets up the tone. Apparently, yeah, because it's not – it's kind of like – an open secret in YG. Yeah. Every, everyone yeah. there knows. Like he was at their concert. You know, they just did that concert. He was one of the people inside the studio for that. Like they're seen together all the time and everyone knows. So it's not like a big secret. It's just been kept from the public. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you could definitely could be right. But good for them. Again, I think, that, yeah. I think they're a great couple. I think she's a huge deal. Who doesn't love Jenny? Right. <laughs> and he, again, is like one of the original OG K-pop royalty G-Dragon. Yeah. Super cool. So, yeah, congratulations. Get it, Jenny. Uh, get it, Jenny. So next week, we get to talk about another solo release from a Monster X guy, Wanho. His new music is coming out in a few so days. Excited. So we'll have the weekend to digest that. There'll be a lot of other fun stuff. But before we go... What's your song of the week this week, Charity? My song of the week is Body Rhythm by Shiny. Okay. Yeah. I've been Fair listening enough. to that a lot. Great song. <laughs> Great album. Um, What's yours? My song of the week, and I went back and forth because we always do K-pop songs, but mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Um, it's Fix You. <gasps> I figured. As soon as you said it, I knew you were going to pick it. Yes. Yeah. It's Fix, fix You. Fix You by Coldplay, covered by BTS. I don't think we'll be able to get the audio file off Spotify. I don't think they've released it or they're going to, but the good news is you can watch it on YouTube. It's Mm -hmm. on MTV, so it's very accessible for people to watch it and see and listen to what I was gushing about so much earlier in the episode. Very different choices per usual. Charity and I rarely do things the same way. That's what makes it so much fun. Right. (laughs) So we want to say a huge, huge thank you to all of you for listening to us. Thank you for being part of the queendom. And thank you for loving K-pop. And you're in this with us. K-pop is such a happy pill. It's such an escape for us. And we started this podcast Really, pretty quickly after quarantine hit in New York City, we were isolated and scared and bored and needed (laughs) that escape for sure. It's turned into something else entirely different than the original we thought we'd record and a couple people would listen. And for whatever reason, a lot of you are vibing with what we say. We're so grateful for that. We can't express it enough. I know we talk about it every week, but we just want you to know we truly do appreciate you listening and being a part of this with us. Give us a follow. Reach out. Let's be friends. NYC K-pop queens on social media. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we were going to do poll results with stuff we talked about this evening. We were flying through those conversations. We didn't get to it, but I can't leave you without sharing some of these results. So Charity and I laughed about our biases for Shiny, and we were wondering who your biases were. So we asked you, of the lineup today, the members right now, who is your Shiny bias? 33% chose Taman, 33% chose Key, 24% chose Minho, and 10% chose Onu. So it was pretty even mix, but yeah, your bias and bias record tied for first place. Thank you all so much for voting. 
And then we asked about last night, really excited about BTS Unplugged. What was your favorite performance from the Unplugged? 55% of you chose Fix You, uh, the cover of Fix You, and 45% chose Blue and Gray. The other ones, zero votes. Those were clearly the two winners. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So shout out to all of you for that. Thank you so much for participating in the polls. Sorry, we sped through our conversation. We were too excited, but wanted to make sure we shared those results with you on this podcast. Thank you for voting. There will be more polls and content on our Twitter page, NYC K-Pop Queens. And be sure, you know, if you have any time this week, be sure to check out Crisis Text Line. It's a wonderful organization. We'll go ahead and share the link with you. And if you are having a mental health crisis, text H-O-M-E, text HOME, 741741. It's free 24-7. Just putting it out there. We love you so much. We want everyone to be safe and healthy. We do this weekly. We don't miss a week. We'll be here next week, Thursday. I guess we'll talk to you then. See you then. Love you. Have a great weekend. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.